This week's Cloudcast is brought to you by Momentum SI. Whether you want to migrate applications to the cloud, transform to enable DevOps, gain insight from big data, or accelerate your agile development, Momentum SI's strategy, consulting, and hands-on expertise can help you get there faster and with greater success. Check them out at MomentumSI.com. And now, on to the show. Cloudcast Media presents, from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to another episode of the Cloudcast. We're coming to you live from the OpenStack Summit here in Atlanta, and um, it is Wednesday. Um, we're doing pretty good. Uh, you know, it's early morning, not not too bad, right? Um, <laughs> so so uh, helping me out with, with uh, co-hosting, we actually have Eric Wright, uh, Disco Posse on Twitter, which is one of the coolest, you know, Twitter <laughs> handles ever. Um Systems architect, blogger, and you're hosting V Brown Bags as well. V Brown Bags, yeah. So we're here doing live tech talk sessions and just quick 10 minute sort of lightning talks. And we've got all sorts of vendors and contributors and community members that come out and, and, uh, we do live streaming. And then on top of that, we're actually recording them and, and we fire them up into glorious 720p up onto YouTube. So, uh, yeah, it's a really great experience. It's been, you know, this is our biggest, you're showing at an event. It's been a lot of fun. So my crew's actually downstairs setting up right now. We've got literally nine to five booked today, and then same thing tomorrow. So it's it's been a lot of fun. So you're you're not using that awesome text P format on YouTube anymore? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And and joining us we have Carl Perry, cloud architect at Innovance. Um. So quick story around this as well. This has been one of the shows we've tried to schedule. And tried to schedule, and tried to schedule. Yeah. We we've been trying to schedule this since actually since Hong Kong since the last summit. Yep. Um. But but thank you for you know working with us and sticking with us scheduling wise. Not and a problem. <laughs> so start off with the, the super simple. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Carl, and tell us a little bit about Innovance. Sure. So um, Innovance uh, does uh, large scale OpenStack deployments. Uh, and we take a slightly different approach than a lot of the other vendors in that we don't have a distribution. Uh, we don't take OpenStack and then package it up and then put our own patches into it and roll it out into a product and then say, okay, now two years later we're going to roll into the next version of, of OpenStack because it's taken us that long to reintegrate all of our patches. So we work primarily with um, what's upstream. We try very hard to put everything that we do back upstream. There are some cases where it doesn't make sense for a customer like, Large customers sometimes always have a, almost always have a piece of technology that they need that the rest of the community has absolutely no interest in. So in that case, uh, we'll, we'll have that patch locally, but uh, most stuff we send back upstream. We package all the stuff up upstream. We do continuous integration, continuous deployment. So the upstream stable stuff comes into our Jenkins instance. We spit out packages from there. We do automated upgrades and builds, and we automatically push those out to customers. So they're always running the latest version of OpenStack, which is kind of cool. Very cool, very cool. And a you know very global, very international company. Yep. Um, for instance, uh, so are you? Is your company based out of Paris at the moment? Yes, although that's going to be changing in the next several weeks. We're moving our headquarters to San Francisco. Okay, um, gotcha. we're still going to have a large presence in Paris. We have a large presence in Montreal. 
Um, I am here in the U.S. Uh-huh. Uh, we've got some folks in India. We've got some folks in China. So, yeah, we're all over the place. Very nice. And and so there is actually an event coming up in a couple weeks in Paris that is an event really hosted by y'all, correct? Yep. Open and second action. It is kind of completely driven by y'all. A lot of, you know, people, I believe, local to the Paris area, correct, can all come in, but it's... Actually, it's all over the place. We, is we, it, is we it, so it's more like all over, all over Europe yeah. kind of thing? So or? it's not just, not just Europe, it's all over the world. So we, okay. we invite all uh, most of the PTLs to come out. Um, we uh, uh, Pretty much anything related to OpenStack, we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, like I said, our, our, our focus is upstream more than our individual product. So we put a lot of time and R&D into um, making OpenStack better. Mm-hmm. Uh, as opposed to just making our product better. Sure. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's one of the things we do with OpenStack in Action. We get, we get as many people who can come out as possible to come out and, and, and help out and talk about issues, talk about use cases. Um, it's not so much a design summit, but uh, it's sometimes helpful to, you know, have time to be able to sit down with a PTL outside of a design summit because they're all really busy this <laughs> week. <laughs> yes. So how yes. does that actually come into, into action like? What what made you? Is that something that you spun up originally, or is it kind of a consortium of other folks that you got involved with that started that? I'm fairly certain it was it was just us. Yeah, we, we just decided that uh, there there needed to be a a European conference. I mean, this was before OpenStack was doing the one in the U.S. one outside of the right. U.S. model, and so we just wanted to have a place for um, uh, more European people to get together. Right. Uh, that was you know going to be. 100 bucks for them to get there as opposed to 1500 bucks to get there so uh, it just kind of worked out that's great what's the what's the sort of audience size and and what's the what's the format of the actual layer, the conference so we have about 500 people who show up oh wow yeah very nice very nice now tell us a little bit about the business of that because from a business aspect it is i, I won't say unique but certainly you're in the minority when it comes to, hey, I don't have a product. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a distribution. Like, is it more of almost like a well, we, we, consulting it's, services and, yeah. and support kind of I thing? I mean, we, we, we do have, so we, we have several things that we do. Like, we have, a, we have a managed services branch. So if you have an application that already runs in public clouds, we can help you manage that, scale it to, to different cloud providers so that you're not stuck on one public cloud ecosystem, things like that. Um, our continuous deployment um, OpenStack stuff is technically a product, but like I said, we, we don't we don't productize it in such a way as as some of the other uh, OpenStack providers do. Because like I said, our, our focus is upstream. We want we want OpenStack to be better. We want everybody to benefit. Um, because the more the more people that are working on it, uh, the easier it is going to be to solve bugs. The easier it's going to be to get big problems solved. And when you Take OpenStack, you bring it in-house, you turn it into a box. Now, instead of having 5,000 people working on it, you have 15 people working on it, and it's much harder. Yeah, no, and that makes perfect sense. And and then also, uh, if I'm reading the announcements correctly, and and so you tell me if I'm wrong here, but it it seems like there's also now starting to branch out because there was an an NFV 
announcement. Yeah. And there was NFV in the keynote, which a lot of people were like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> For, well, A, half the crowd was going, what is NFV? What is NFV, yeah. And then the other half that actually knows what NFV was going, NFV, OpenStack, really? Yeah. <laughs> right? But but y'all so, had an announcement around that as well. So. Yeah, yeah. So part of that comes from uh, a little bit of our heritage. We helped found the CloudWalk project in uh, France, which is France's version of uh, AWS, basically. The, uh, the French government... Orange and Innovance worked together to try and build a French public, or to build a French public cloud. Now that we're trying to, we are actually doing it. Um, and uh, uh, part of that partnership, like I said, was Orange, uh, which is part of France Telecom. So big telecom companies are all about NFV. Um, and so uh, we have a lot of experience with, with dealing with those situations. They want to have things like MPLS and no downtime and stuff like that, um, which is kind of new and exciting to OpenStack. Um, I don't think it's something that's going to happen overnight um, because there is a lot of work to be done. I mean, you know, there are, there are components. The, the upgrade for process for OpenStack is not exactly seamless at the moment. Sure. Um, but uh, uh, we're working together, and, you know, part of it is with Red Hat, and part of it was with the larger community to, to get it to the point where uh, we have the capabilities to be able to make the kind of deployments that telcos want to support network function virtualization and the things that they need in order to provide telco grade clients. Sure, sure. So when you're doing stuff and you're looking at, you know, your specific target, because you have customers that obviously you're leaning towards, especially in big telco, big stuff, you're, you're looking at scalability, all of the things, especially in NFE, that are they're definitely not there, and that's one of the big gaps that we see in, in like, the networking stack and the, uh, the ability to do high scalability yeah. and reliability in there. Like, it's great, scales out, but then you just got to, you know, turn one knob and that thing, the whole thing pops. Right. It's, it, I mean, there's a lot of ways to work around it, but it, it's one of the big challenges. So, especially in your space where you're targeting telcos, how do you think that you're, you're going to contribute to that versus other people? Do you find a lot of other folks are going after that same high-level target? So, uh, apparently, as of this week, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, our, our booth is across from three other OpenStack groups, and they're all like, carrier grade, and we're like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, um, they, they definitely seem to be the buzzword bingo. Yeah, of, yeah, carrier grade and NFV. Carrier grade, like, everything's carrier grade. If you have those, yeah. it's, yeah. <laughs> Connect four, you're done. Um, <laughs> yeah, enterprise grade's not good enough. Now. Yeah, yeah, carrier, yeah carrier, carrier grade. Yeah. Carrier grade yeah. Platinum for your goals. Um, yes. <laughs> Um, but, you know, part of how we're dealing with that is, is a lot of testing, a lot of evaluation. Um, we have an open source tool that we use for deploying our clouds called eDeploy. And one of the big things that we've been doing this, this past year with eDeploy is that we're putting in uh, benchmarking capabilities. So you bring in a brand new piece of hardware, you drop it into the rack, or more accurately, when you're talking about something this big, you bring in a rack full of hardware right. and drop it into your data center. Um, eDeploy will boot on it, it will inventory the machines, and then it'll go, okay, based on the components in these systems, I know what they're supposed to be when they grow up. Let's performance test them based on what that is going to be. So we can sit there and have a baseline of, okay, of the 27 machines in this rack, 26 of them are acting the way we expect them to. But this guy, he's got something absolutely terribly wrong. Right. And we can kick him out of the cluster before we even install OpenStack on it and say, there's something wrong, we need to go evaluate it, he's outside of the norms. And the rest of the way, we can say, okay, now we have a baseline that we know this hardware is going to perform the way we expect it to when we add it to the OpenStack cluster. So it's, it's things like that. It's, it's, a lot more, it's a lot more planning, it's a lot more testing, it's a lot more integration work than simply 
apps get installed OpenStack um, and hoping that everything works. Sure. Well, that itself is interesting because a lot of a lot of companies create a product out of just what you talked about there, right? Like that's yeah. one of the big gaps that people have is they don't have a good deployment infrastructure. They don't have a good management and measurement infrastructure that they can actually do perf tests that are real, you know, either hardware or software layer. Is there a thought that you would take that? You know, is that something that you also offer out to other folks to use? Or? So all, all of the tools that we build for that is is part of our uh, eDeploy package, and it is all up on our public GitHub page right now. Oh, nice. So you can you can go grab it. You can go. There's various hardware platforms that we work with. We also do a lot of work with Open Compute. Can um, I give you a hug? This is awesome. This sure. This is exactly what it's all about. Like the hug, hug ups is a thing. It's all right. The very <laughs> format of the OpenStack community is exactly what you're doing, right? The yeah. idea that we all feed back in. It's tough because of the growth of it. It's become, you know, a little bit stronger on the vendor side, you know, big vendors. And there's a concern sometimes that maybe that stuff's going to fork off and then we're going to lose a bit of that code going back into the core. And so it, it's exciting to see what your team is doing and, and feeding right back in. Yeah. And, and and the way I've always, and I apologize, I know enough NFV to be dangerous. Um, so, <laughs> well, and, so the, the, the way I've always seen NFV is almost like it's like you've got your base, almost cloud management, if you will, and then there's NFV, which is like this set of requirements that is so much higher and so much more strict. And it almost seems like by everyone kind of going down the NFV path, even whether it gets deployed as NFE or not, those changes that have to happen to the underlying OpenStack layer yeah. just makes OpenStack that much better. And and the the other thing is like NFE is this year's SDN. Right. Um, you know, you set the Wayback Machine to, to three years ago, and everybody was like, "Oh, SDN this, SDN that," and everybody's like, "Yes, yes, we need SDN." And like, okay, well, what about SDN? Do you need the the, the SDN? Like I, I want, I want the, the mob one has the most RAM kind of thing. Sure. Um, so NFV means different things to different people. There is there is a basic underlying like MPLS. Everybody has MPLS and, and their vision of NFV. Um, but different people have different requirements around that. And so part of it is having conversations with multiple carriers, multiple telcos, and saying, okay, what is your vision of NFV? And let's make sure that the stuff that everyone agrees is part of NFV is covered and implemented in OpenStack. And then we can also work with you on the pieces that you think are important, but not necessarily everybody else does. Um, but again, you know, that's, that's part of the whole local patches upstream work. You know, if everybody is like, we need MPLS, okay, great, let's put MPLS upstream. Sure. Uh, but if somebody's like, well, we, we need MPLS on InfiniBand routed over TCP over Carrier Pigeon, you know, <laughs> that, that might be something that's specific to one customer. Yeah, and so step back for a second too, and what, because your company is more global than certainly most, talk a little bit about OpenStack on a global basis. Where Where is the interest? Is it... It's kind of everywhere. And is that, because like, that's what we're hearing, right? But at yeah. the same time, I, I feel like a lot of times we have a very states focused view of the world, right? And it's really? it takes it takes companies you mean other like places they, exist? I know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, everyone's like, oh gosh, Hong Kong, that's really far I, away. I, right? I, you know? I, I loved I loved the bit on yeah. I love the bit on uh, uh, last week tonight with John Oliver the other week where they had the segment of President of the United States of other countries. Um, it, it, it spoke to me. Um, but so yes, I mean OpenStack is everywhere and 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 we're seeing people who want to do OpenStack deployments, big companies, small companies, telcos, 
And that's worldwide. Um, so we kind of went, okay, this is, this is big. Let's focus on, on part of it. And so there's also a lot of competition. You know, there's what? 17 at least companies within a stone's throw of our booth downstairs that all do OpenStack deployments and OpenStack consulting. Um, so we decided to focus on big. Um, you know, we want to deal with stuff that is large-scale OpenStack deployments. Um, and, and that's kind of what I'm passionate about as well, is how do we make this work at scale? Um, anybody can spin up an OpenStack implementation that has five nodes. But we want to spin up OpenStack implementations with 5,000 nodes and solve the problems related thereto. And that's part of the reason why we work with open computers, because when you're dealing with hardware that big, it only makes sense to buy it directly from the manufacturers that way instead of having uh, some of the middlemen in the way that, that really just slow things down. Sure. Um, so, yeah, it's it's more planning and logistics and big deployments than it is ones and twos and stuff. Well, the open source draw, it's big. If you look at the heat map of open source, Europe is a hotbed for open source adoption. They've, yeah. You know, whether it's been because of there's a lot of regulatory stuff that's wrapped around it and mm -hmm. they, they don't like closed source things. They don't. When they do, when someone does come in, they they make them pull it apart. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of and it's great. You yeah, know, it's it's challenging when you get over here that we've obviously we're very you know walled garden heavy around here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's there's certain names that if it's on it, you won't get fired for buying it. Yeah, right. Now, do y'all do um, services around public cloud as well as private? A little bit, yeah. So so we have a a division that that does manage services. So like okay. I said, if you, if you've got an application that you run in a public cloud. Uh, we'll help you with the monitoring and the scaling and, and all that fun stuff. Uh, again, making it cross-cloud cross aware. Sure. So you can have parts of it in public cloud provider A and parts of it in public cloud provider B. Okay. And, and how how many customers are out there kind of really looking for that, that multi-cloud management aspects of it? Of I, want, I have certain workloads that want to go public. I have certain workloads that want to go private for, I don't know, Workload reasons for yeah. regulatory reasons, so whatever, right? Do you see a lot of crossing the, the cloud? There is a lot of that, but there's also still a lot of, of education that has to happen for people who want to do that. Um, a lot of people come to us and, and you know, just, just like NFV, they're like, I, I want, the, just like SDN, we were talking about before, it's like, I want the cloud. Well, which one? The mall yeah. one. That's the Indigo um, Montoya. I do not think this means what you think it means. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so a lot of times you have to have the conversation of, okay, you realize that this is not virtualization. Like, you don't go spin up two quad XL instances, put a MySQL database on it, and go, great, we're in the cloud. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's a completely different way of thinking. And so for a lot of the stuff we're doing, Depending on the customer, uh, big enterprise customers, it, it takes them a little while to get to that point of, oh, virtualization is different from cloud. Um, and dealing with, you know, the whole cattle versus pets mentality and things like that, uh, it takes a while to get there. And, and usually the big starting point is we're like, so what's your configuration management tool? Do you use Chef? Do you use Puppet? Do you use Ansible? Do you use Saltac? And when we get the, Huh? We're like, yeah. okay, let's start there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, some some people just get it. Uh, there are there are some companies that like, yeah, we're already using a distributed platform. All of our our stuff is an object storage. We can spin up and spin down web servers on demand. We're like, great. And they're like, but we just need people to help us do this. We're like, yeah. we've got the tools, we've got the platform, we've got people. We can do the monitoring. That way, you don't have to have a knock staff. We already do. Yeah. We'll be happy to wake you up in the middle of the night um, and uh, and go from there. 
Well, you or hopefully it, not, really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you bring up an interesting point, though, in the fact that, okay, a lot of people really see OpenStack as, like, this thing that I have the OpenStack. I don't need anything else. Right. But there's, there's a lot there of people is who all these at... other tools that are out there that complement it in some way, yeah. help a workflow, help the application. Like, what are some of the most common tools that either you use or your customers are using that, you know, so, complement? Yeah, so we're a big well, right? puppet shop. Okay. We like puppet a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big chef guy, so I, I bring that to the table, and that's fun and exciting. Um, the CM stuff is cool. Um, we really like object storage. We've got a bunch of people who work on various different object storage stuff. In fact, we wrote a, um, uh, a back end for Swift. There is a, uh, a, a API point in Swift where you can plug in different storage backends. Mm-hmm. So just to mix everything up, we implemented a Ceph storage backend for Swift. <laughs> um, okay. Which sounds crazy. Yeah. Uh, but the, the replication stuff in Swift can be a little difficult. And, you know, there's several companies around. I can think of one in particular that's, that's, <laughs> kind of made a product of that, and that's great. Um, but we really like Ceph as the distributed storage platform, but we also really like the feature-complete API that Swift brings you. So now you can have the best of both worlds. Run Ceph on your on your actual disks, yeah. have Swift as your storage front end, uh, and everybody's happy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, we've, we've done some stuff where we're like, you know, hey, there's a lot of tokens being stored in this one particular uh, project within OpenStack. Wouldn't it be cool if we put all those tokens in something like Swift? Because we know that can scale, as opposed to putting them in, say, MySQL. Sure. So, um, a lot of things like that. Like I said, it's all the big scale stuff. We, we, we try to think a little bit outside the box. Uh, we, we don't want it to just run on a notebook uh, in virtual box. We, we want it to be able to run on, on thousands of machines, and that takes There a, goes my lab. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> well, the classic developer thing. Well, the code worked in my laptop. I right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how many sort of SWAT team deployments have you been pulled on where people said, hey, I've, I've got this great design, we scale it out because we just attach nodes to it, and they realize that they're not actually scaling it out, the perf isn't going and linearly scaling. So do you kind of go in and do those those rescue missions for folks and help we, them to... We do do that a little bit, yeah. Uh, I've got a couple projects that I'm working on that, that have been like that. And the good news is a lot of the stuff in OpenStack, like everybody, everybody kind of starts the same way. I mean, at least at least we're not starting with someone who was like, so I ran DevStack, yeah. and now I have an OpenStack cloud. How do I scale this to 20,000 nodes? Because, um, you know, that, that's happened. We're like, okay, well, first, <laughs> let's, let's take away DevStack. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, that does happen from time to time, and uh, usually what, it, what that is is that we sit down with the customer and we say, okay, what are you trying to do? Because the big thing that a lot of people don't understand about scale is that there is not a solution to it. Uh, like, I, had a, I was talking to a gentleman in our booth yesterday, and his comment was, um, so you guys use Ceph? And we're like, yes. And we're like, what hardware should I run Ceph on? <laughs> and I said, well, what are you trying to do? And he's like, well, no, no like, like, what's the best hardware to run Ceph on? I was like, okay, do you go to the big commercial storage providers and say, I'll take one, please? Yeah. Because they'll turn around and say, one what? Like, we have 10,000 products. <laughs> um, and it's kind of the same thing with Ceph. So a lot of it is, you know, sit down with the customer and say, All right, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to do, um, we have one customer that is doing a lot of stuff with video. And so we say, okay, um, you guys are probably going to want GPUs. And they're like, yeah, yeah that'd, yeah. Be, that'd be cool. We're like, okay. And we're like, and networking is probably a huge issue for you. We're like, yes. 
yeah, right now we can't get more than one gig a second out of the VM. We're like, okay, that's a problem. Yeah. Um, let's let's start looking at ways of fixing that and helping you to scale it and trying to build network architectures that are not giant L2 domains that you can have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of VMs all crunching on video and being able to talk to each other without running into the limitations of, you know, 1980s Ethernet. So, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, so to circle back around earlier to the kind of the Seth comment, it, it, it like sparked a question for me of, okay, I see two different types of scale, if you will. There's super, super big scale in one location, yep. and then there's scale across multiple locations yes. and or multiple geographies. Yep. How much are your customers asking for the multiple geographies aspect of it? Because scaling in one location, while not easy, is certainly easier. Yes. <laughs> so I've got a couple big customers that I'm working with uh, that are distributed throughout the United States. I've got one that is spanning, planning to spin up um, OpenStack in 56 data centers. And they wanted all to talk to each other, and they want a single endpoint to be able to go say, spin up a VM in Boston right? from one URL endpoint. They want to have one glance repository and things like that. And so, you know, that, that takes work. Um, and the other part, the, the, you know, so 56 data centers, that's a lot. But it's not 56 data centers that you think of like, you know, a Google data center. Like some of these are glorified closets in the middle of a building somewhere. Yes. So there isn't necessarily a lot of capacity in some data centers, but there is in others. Connectivity between them is expensive, so we've got to figure out ways of solving issues of, okay, we put the images up here where everybody can see them, but now we've got to find a way of getting them down into a smaller data center uh, and allowing that capability. And then, hey, okay, you, you have a massive amount of load here. Um, so now we need to spend more instances than you have capability for. So how, what's the best way to do that? And coming up with uh, meta-scheduling capabilities that can, that can solve that kind of stuff. Gotcha. And, um, and so you're right. It varies. Like, again, it's all based on use cases. And, right. And what are you doing? Yes. And, and what's interesting, too, is so within the United States, it's maybe not as much of an issue because, again, you know, we just always assume at this point the NSA is just watching everyone all the time. <laughs> yeah. But so on a global scale, though, how much are issues like security, like regulations within countries, you know, you, we're starting to see a lot more of the technology isn't the barrier yeah. outside of the United States a lot of the times. And yeah, is that all, something that... It's all that terrible layer eight stuff. Right. Politics. <laughs> yeah. um, Does that give you a lot of headaches and keep you up at night? And doesn't necessarily keep me up at night. We've got some customers that are... They have plans to go down that path. Uh, and we say, okay, you know, we can certainly help you. And they say, but, well, you know, it's going to take the lawyers two years to figure out how to make it work. And we're like, okay, well, that's, that's, that's fine. Because, like I said, we're dealing with big customers. I mean, you know, these, these are people who they're like, oh, lawyers, no problem. There's a thousand of them sitting yeah. in the next room. <laughs> we have a like, team. Yeah, you know, we can, you know, that's not a problem. We can have them look into that and, you know, yeah, it'll take a year, but whatever. We'll, we'll be fine. Um, so, uh, you know, we have, you know, big companies that are international companies that want to do international things. Uh, but at the moment, everybody seems to be at least sticking in one geopolitical border, like that big 56 data center project. That's all in the United States. They're not branching outside of that. Um, we're working with another customer that 
they are going to have deployments in multiple countries. Um, but it's all for internal use. So that doesn't really matter because, you know, data from division one of the same company can talk to data from division two of the same company because it's all under the umbrella of the same company. Uh, but we do have a customer that wants to do big international deployments and make it available to external customers. That brings in a whole new ball game. Right. The technology isn't necessarily hard. The politics are. But again, you know, this guys have lawyers. It'll, it'll be fine. Your choice to, to go into the large targets is great, you know, and is, was that specifically because you knew they'd probably be fairly mature with, like, CICD? They already had, you know, a room full of lawyers that were ready to tackle some of those things. Is that so the, it was nice that you knew you could just kind of walk in and they're ready? Yes and no. Like, it's funny that you mentioned CICD because pretty much every large shop we go to, they're like, oh, that'd be a good idea. Uh, <laughs> it's not as not as prevalent as we think. Then. No, 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 no. So I mean, you know, a lot of the big guys are still they're still in waterfall, which is not bad. You know, it's it's how we've done software development for the last umpteen years. Yeah. Um, we are we are an agile shop. We do the CI/CD thing. We practice Scrum on just about everything. Um, and so it's always kind of interesting when you go into these organizations. Sometimes their team gets it, and now you have one Agile group sitting in the middle of Niagara Falls, because it's just waterfall all around them. <laughs> um, and it's difficult to figure out how to, uh, uh, to schedule all that stuff together. But part of it is that, and, and the other part of it is, um, again, we wanted to solve big problems. Uh, we, we did, you know, OpenStack at a small scale, you can do. Pretty much anybody can do it. DevStack can do it. Um, that's, you know, not a dig on DevStack, but, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, but that's exactly it. It is, that's the target for it is to just get you up and running, yeah. show you how to use it, and then take that product, then push it out into a larger scale cloud where you can actually host that. So right, it's meant right. for, it's a DevStack, it's literally named appropriately. Right, right yes. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a little more than, than POCs. Like, you know, our POCs tend to be 100, 200 nodes. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a slightly different scale and, and dealing with some of those problems because, when you deal with stuff this big, um, you start experiencing problems that the little guys don't necessarily see yet, uh, and that's okay. Um, but it also means that when you get ready, we found those problems and we can help clean it up. So, last topic, and then we'll we'll kind of close this out. And it, this is meant tongue in cheek. Of so you, you have customers because yes. the number one thing I think I've heard in the halls at the at the show this week has been like. Yes, there's a lot of people here. Yes, this is, you know, a growth after every show. But it seems like a lot of vendors talking to vendors and a lot of vendors pitching to vendors. And I haven't, so, you know, disclaimer, the day job, work in the booth. I haven't necessarily felt that way because I felt like I've had a lot of customers come through our booth. But, but that seems to be the hallway chatter and the hallway theme is, yeah, there's not a lot of customers here. So I'm just confirming, you have these mythical customers we oh, yeah. keep hearing about. Yeah, I, 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 I would love to give names, I just don't know which no, ones no. I can say. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but it's just, yes. it, it is like, it, it's, it very much seems like, you know, every show has some themes, right? Yeah. And like Hong Kong was like, we actually pulled up the show notes from the last time, it was like API debates and stuff like that. This one seems to be NFE and customers. And, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, so it was just interesting to me. To, to kind of actually, I do feel like there are a lot of folks here that do have customers that have a lot, that are exploring things and aren't necessarily just kicking the tires at this point. Yeah. But it really is a matter of how to properly get them going and how to get them architected. And that's, it goes to earlier, we were having conversations earlier this week of, of 
skill sets. Yeah. It's, it definitely still seems to be the biggest thing is customer skill sets and vendor and consulting yeah. skill sets. So, yeah. again, the, you know. The, the other thing ahead. that's kind of weird is, is again, because of, we're dealing with the large-scale customers, you, know, you made the point of it's, it's a lot of vendors working with vendors, and that's kind of the case with us as well. But in our case, our vendors tend to be customers as well. So, you know, when you're dealing with big, huge organizations, they tend to have massive contracts with service integrators and things like that. So we have partnerships with folks like those, like Red Hat, like Cisco. Yeah. Um, and then that turns into customer relationships as well, not necessarily directly with them, but they have customers who have big service contracts, and they're like, we want to do big OpenStack stuff. And yeah. then they turn around and come to us and say, Let's get the two of you together and try and solve problems. Sure. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right. So we are out of time for this week. Um, Carl, where can everyone follow you, follow the company, find out more about what's going on so at we've, even, excuse me, Enovance? Yeah. So Enovance.com, we just launched a, a whole new website. It is no longer in French by default. Um, and, uh, uh, I'm Canadian, so I appreciate this Enovance, not, uh, <laughs> not, not Enovance. I'm yes. actually very happy to see that. Um, but, uh, we, we actually have a blog up there, and I'm probably going to be putting some blog stuff up in the next, uh, week or so. A lot of stuff from the summit and, uh, things like that. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is hard. It's E-D-O-L-N-X. Um, but there you go. Cool. Um, and, uh, I'm usually hanging out at IRC when I'm not on customer sites, so there you go. Awesome. And, Eric, since you were actually, you know, Kenneth Hoy, he's been on the show so many times, we don't even give out his stuff anymore because <laughs> everyone knows where to get him. Um, so, Eric, for those that want to, like, follow you and see what you've got going on, where can people find out more about you? Luckily, the, the name is easy to follow. It has nothing to do with Eric. But uh, it, uh, So I'm Disco Posse on Twitter, and you can find me at discoposse.com and... Uh, you know, obviously we're, you know, go to the V Brown Bag crew. Uh, we are OpenStack, uh, Pro V12, or sorry, OpenStack.ProV12N.com. Okay. And, uh, check that out. Just follow our Twitter for the V Brown Bag hashtag. That's what's going on here and, and kind of all year. And that's, uh, where you can find me. Awesome. All right. If you like the show, please tell a friend and leave us a review on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at TheCloudCastNet or on the web at thecloudcast.net where you can find links to everything the podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye.